0: chapter number 17. I need your prayers this morning. This week has been a, a fruitful week of study, but it's, uh, it's one thing to, to study it and understand it. It's a different thing to try to present it. So just pray for me. Ezekiel 17, beginning in verse number 22. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord God. I will also take of the highest branch of the high cedar and will set it. I will crop off from the top of his young twigs a tender one and will plant it upon a high mountain and eminent. In the mountain of that height of Israel will I plant it and it shall bring forth bows and bear fruit and be a goodly cedar and under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing. In the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell. And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree, have exalted the low tree, have dried up the green tree, and have made the dry tree to flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it. Pray with me and you may be seated. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for blessing us with this chance to see your son Jesus in your precious word. We thank you knowing that this word is centered upon your son Jesus Christ and the gift of salvation that has been given. Lord, we thank you for the promises that we have. Lord, we thank you for the heritage that we have. Lord, we thank you for blessing us with this word that we have. God, we just pray that you take this word and take this seed. I pray this morning as we sow this seed, Lord, the seed of your word, it would find hearts that are prepared to receive it, Lord, and people that are ready to prune, people that are ready to fertilize, people ready to grow this seed of your word in their hearts God we love you we thank you in Jesus name amen thank you for standing my message this morning simply the thought Christ the tender branch Christ the tender branch I I've been reading a, a I've been reading differently in my study and I've been reading uh, a slower pace uh, may, I've spent months actually in the book of Ezekiel and I'm not saying that's the way you need to do it I've just been saying that's the way that I've been studying recently at a much slower pace And I keep coming back to Ezekiel 17, verse 22 through verse 24. And it's a blessing to know that we serve a Savior whose Son is centered in this book. Amen? It's it's a blessing that we serve a Savior who Jesus Christ... his his life, his death, and his resurrection is the theme of this book that we have. Uh, From Genesis to Revelation, uh, you can look in the maps, and the theme of Jesus Christ is consistent from the beginning of the book of of God, where it says in the beginning until the end of the book of Revelation. What a blessing it is to know that our Savior is not one that's just uh, sprinkled here or there in our Bible, but he makes up the entirety of our word. Uh, He is found in in the garden uh, when Adam and Eve commit sin, and God uh, kills an animal and makes a sacrifice and makes a covenant with adam and god covers their sin uh he's found there that's a picture of jesus christ he's found all the way up through the epistles and all the way up through the book of revelation he is all through our word that we have before us and we find ourselves today in this text and a thought about ezekiel and, and and my main thought this morning being that god's plan prevails despite the condition of our world i hope we find some encouragement in that thought this morning god's plan prevails despite the condition of our world. God is not surprised by anything. God is not caught off guard by anything. He is, he is in control of everything. Nothing happens that, that takes him by surprise. Nothing takes, takes him by uh, um, any happenstance situation. He is not surprised by anything. All things and everything that happen, good or bad, uh, unfold only through and by him willing and allowing it. You say, well, there's bad things that happen in this world, but you also have to understand that there's sin on this earth, and that's what creates bad situations and bad circumstances. Uh, we we're we're wanting heaven on earth and the reality is is we're striving for for heaven on the other side uh it will never be on this place here and that's where we find israel in the book of ezekiel the old preacher ezekiel is is prophesying to to israel he's talking to them about how they're going to fall under uh, uh babylonian captivity and how that things in their society and their nation are going to crumble things are going to fall and so ezekiel's telling them uh things are going to happen and we're going to fall under captivity and god is going to judge us uh for the wrong that has been done in our nation and uh, even in our nation today, do we not feel uh, that we're judged? I'm not saying that Israel or that USA is a type of Israel. It's not. Uh, but the reality is in our nation, we feel a difference or I feel a difference as a Christian uh, between people who are, who are dedicated and, and looking to God and looking to his word and trying to live faithful. I feel a difference between, between me and our nation as a whole. That's, that's what's going on. You've got godly people in here in Israel that are going to fall under captivity uh, uh, with the, with the big crowd the ones that have went back and forth morally uh, between God and serving themselves and so uh, he's here and he's talking about these things that are upcoming and uh, uh, Jer- Jerusalem ends up being destroyed and, and the, the temple is destroyed and the gates are broken down and uh, Babylon, Babylon's captivity uh, moves in. And, and uh, the Babylonian Empire, I was looking at my maps in my Bible, you can I'm sure find a map of the Babylonian Empire in your Bible and you see uh, how this Babylonian Empire had taken over a good part of this, this bit of the Middle East. And so they, things in their nation had been fallen, they're under captivity, they're, they're moving around, they're not in their, uh, uh, some not in their place of, of God's command, and they're in Israel, and, and things in their society just seem to have fallen apart. Israel tells them about the siege and the, destru- or Ezekiel tells them about the siege and the destruction of Jerusalem. But he sees a vision of a temple rebuilt. He sees a vision of God's plan, regardless of the circumstances of the world. He tells them of the provision of God beyond uh, what they would even see in their lifetime. And what he does is he points to them and tells them about the son Jesus Christ that would come and be the Messiah for their nation. The first thing that we see here, look in verse 22. Thus saith the Lord God, I will also take, out, take of the highest branch of the high cedar and will set it. I will crop off from the top of his young twigs a tender one and will, will plant it upon the high mountain and eminent. And so we know through the study of the book of Ezekiel, you will find that Ezekiel is a prophet of judgment. He's a prophet of God's judgment. He's telling them all the the, the things, their judgment that's going to come to them. He tells them about their wickedness. He tells them about how far that they have fallen away from serving their God, the one that created them, the one that provided a land for them, the one that gave them a heritage. He's telling them how far they've fallen away from it, but yet God, because of His love, He sends a message of salvation through the prophet Ezekiel to Israel. What a blessing it is that we live in this dark world. We live in this difficult world, and we can't make sense of the things going on in our society. It's hard to make sense of what's going on in Washington. It's hard to make sense of what's going on in Raleigh. It's hard to make sense of what's going on down in Henderson County uh, leadership down there. It's hard to know what's going on around our nation and around our communities. People are uh, lost their minds in every direction and every capacity. It's hard to make sense of things. But although we have fallen apart uh, as a nation, uh, the way we live for God, and although Israel had fallen apart as a nation for the way that they served God, there's still a message of salvation, and His name is Jesus Christ. Uh, he t- tells this uh, group in Israel through the prophet Ezekiel that although you have done wrong, and I've told you all the wrong you've done. I've told you all the judgment that's going to come. You've fallen under the captivity of Babylon. The, the leaders and the wicked uh, men are in control of you and your children at this moment. And, and at this moment, we're roughly 600 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, although uh, there's a lot of time in between, there is hope on the other end. And these people would not live to see it. These people walking in this day would not live to see it. Ezekiel Ezekiel would not walk upon the earth when his Savior Jesus Christ w- would walk upon the earth. But he says, here in this verse, he says, I will take of the highest branch of the highest cedar and will set it. I will crop off from the top of his young twigs a tender one and will plant it upon the high mountain and eminent." What did God tell the nation of Israel? He told them that he would send them a Messiah through the nation of Israel. He told them that he would send a Messiah from the tribe of Judah. He told them that he would send a, a, a Messiah through the line of David. He told them that They would send a tender plant that would come that would spring up and bring salvation to all upon this earth that would accept him. And so what we see is this high cedar that is the nation of Israel. He says, this is the nation of Israel. And, and, and also we see the highest branch, the high cedar. Take of the highest branch of the high cedar, that highest branch, that is the tribe of Judah. And on top of that highest branch of this high cedar, he says, and I will set it, and I will crop off from the top of his young twigs. What are the young twigs? The young twigs are, is the tribe of Judah. He says, I will t- take from the top of his young twigs a tender one. Who is that tender one? On top of Israel, on top of uh, uh, the tribe of Judah, on, out of the line of David. It is Jesus Christ our Savior. He is the tender plant. He is the one you must turn your life to. He is the one you must focus upon because He is the only salvation from your captivity. He's the only answer from your captivity. What a blessing it is that God's plan doesn't just include these people in this day. Now, they would live. There would be a real rebuilding. They would see a rebuilding. They would see uh, uh, later on uh, down the road, they would see the walls of Jerusalem restored but that's not what he's pointing to. That's not what he's pointing to. There will be one that will come, and he will come out of Israel like I told you. And he will come out of the tribe of Judah like I told you. And he will come out of the line of David like I told you. And he will be the tender one that will be taken, that will be planted upon the hill of Calvary, that will die for your sins, that will offer salvation to each and every man, woman, and child that would, would accept it. What a blessing it is that God's plans are greater than my plans. I could never see that without the help of God. I could never see that, that he has plans today to benefit me tomorrow. That he has plans today that will benefit, benefit my children tomorrow. That he has plans that will benefit our children so long as the Lord will tarry. That, that will benefit our children and great-grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren. I had to take a picture of uh, Brother Preston holding Riley because Riley does not sit still with, my, with many people. But he's so right. We've got to bring these young people into the house of the Lord. And we've got to tell them that in days gone past, things have fallen apart. People have turned against God. People have fallen into the things of this world. But God's promises, He will make good on His promises. And He promised. All the way back that, that, that it would be out of Israel that he would grow up a tree. And it would be out of the tribe of Judah that he would send a savior. And it would be through the line of David. Even when it looks dreary and we start talking about Boaz and Ruth and, 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 and Rahab and all those people that you really start thinking they were just as worldly as me and you. But God sent his son through that line and that little tender plant, that little one that was born, a babe in a manger. He comes to offer salvation for you and I. Christ, the tender plant. Behold, the days come, Jeremiah 23 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. He prophesied about the tender one coming. Now, we looked there, the prophetical branch, that tender one, he's prophetical. There's only but a few prophecies yet to be fulfilled. But God has made good on all of his promises. Everything he said he was going to do, he's done. And anything that has not been done, I believe he's going to do. The planted branch. Verse 23. In the mountain of the height of Israel will I plant it. Talking about the tender one. And it shall bring forth boughs and bear fruit and be a goodly cedar. And under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing and the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell. Isaiah 2, 2 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. Not only do we see the prophetical branch, but we see the planted branch. He tells us first that He'll plant this branch in the promised land. He tells us that this tender one will be planted in Israel and will come from Israel. And that's where Jesus Christ came from. He tells us that He'll be planted in the promised city. The the literal application to what they see today is that what they were seeing in this day, what Ezekiel is telling them in in, in the literal sense of what they would see and experience is that they would see people go back to Jerusalem. They would see Jerusalem rebuilt. There's a lot in in the Bible that circles around Jerusalem. That's that's the the place of the chosen people of God. That's the center of the chosen nation of God. That's the center of that little uh, land a little bit bigger than the state of Vermont. That's the center, the capital of all these things that take place. So he's planted in the promised land Israel he's planted in the promised city of Jerusalem and we see Jesus Christ planted on the promised hill of Calvary and thank God that that tender one was planted on Calvary for you and me that plant was taken up to, to Calvary, and he was nailed to a tree, and he was planted there on my behalf and on your behalf and that 's what, ble- what a blessing that we see out of verse twenty three is it says it shall bring forth boughs and bear fruit. What that means when it says bows is that means that, uh, that this little tender plant that other little little twigs and other little stems and other little growth would spring from it so he says it brings forth uh, Bows and shoots and bear fruit and be a goodly cedar, and under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing, and the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell. What a blessing it is that on that hill of Calvary, where that tender one was planted on your behalf and my behalf, I can get under that tree and I can receive the fruit and I can get the shade and I can experience the blessedness of being on that hill. And that hill there is the most important hill that we'll ever see because it was upon that hill of Calvary that He laid down His life, that He gave His. His life's blood for you and me that he was nailed to a cross that he breathed his last, last breath that, <coughs> that he brought himself down from heaven, the one who created us, the one who created me, the one who created you, the one that spoke all of the things that we see into existence, the restaurant that you'll go to after we get done eating, that steak that'll lay in front of you. Who was it that created the, the steer that, that that steak comes from? Who was it? You might be able, You say, well, I'm a vegan. Well, shame on you. You need to pray, get in this altar. But them vegetables that you eat, hey, I love vegetables. I love them. I love them all. Uh, I haven't found but just a couple that I don't like. But the reality is those vegetables that spring up out of the ground, up on that tree it was the one, the one that hung on that tree the one that was planted on Calvary the little shoot that, that, that looked to be withered away that looked like he, he died that looked like uh, uh, there's nothing left that he would never spring back up the one that did that for you and did that for me he created that that you will eat later on he created that that this building is built out of he created that air you breathe he created the fuel that you put in your car he created every bit of it yet he was planted on Calvary for you and me He's a planted branch. He did it all for me. He did it all for you. And it happened exactly the way God said it would. He'd be planted in Israel. He'd be planted in Jerusalem. Where did his ministry take place? Where was he crucified? Outside on that blessed hill, that promised hill, Golgotha. Promised hill. Also, he's planted on the promised mountain. Think about his transfiguration. What happens when he ascends to heaven? ghost, they believe it's Mount some say Mount Hebron but the Bible says that he went to a a high mountain when he was or when he ascended, excuse me I'm sorry, when he ascended to heaven what a blessing it is that he's in heaven he didn't die, it didn't end at Calvary it started and then he ascended upon that mountain he ascended and he's there and he's waiting he was planted on the promised mountain he says I'm going away for a little season but I'll be back and he was planted for the promised day the promised day he tells us he'll come back what has he done in that time he died on that cross and he got up and he walked out of the grave And he ascended to heaven back to be with his father, and he's coming again. But what has he done during that time? What will he do throughout all eternity? Well, it's given right here in verse 23. uh, In the mountain of the height of Israel will I plant it, and it shall bring forth boughs and bear fruit and be a goodly cedar. And under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing and the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell. Our God is planted for the promised day and until then and forevermore, he will be the place in which we receive fruit. He will be the place in which we receive shade. He will be the place where you will receive breath, uh, where you will receive life, where you will receive rest. He is the place where you will grow from. He is the only place where you will receive any respite or any rest from this world. He is the only place where you'll find answers for the things that doctors can't answer answer, and the things psychologists can't answer and the things science can't answer, he is the one that has all the answers because from him comes fruit, from him comes shade, from him comes blessings, from him comes goodness. And he has been doing that ever since he was planted on that hill. He's been doing that ever since he got up out of that grave. He's been doing that ever since he ascended to heaven and he will do that forevermore. And I wonder today for so many that sit in the side of this service today and the life that you live and your relationship with church, is just a religious thing. Maybe you've not grown in years. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you don't take it seriously. I promise you that there's coming a day and there's coming a time where something's going to get real. Something's going to get your attention. Somebody's going to die. Money's going to dry up. Difficulties are going to come come up. Your kids are going to be sick with things you can't answer. Uh, Some may pass away. Some may go on to be with the Lord. Some may run away and never talk to you again. But Jesus is the one, the only place you receive fruit, the only place where you receive shade, the only replace where you receive any rest Jesus is the one And he was planted in the nation God said He was planted in the line that God said He was planted uh, uh, on the hill that God said He ascended on the mountain that God said And he's been doing it yesterday, today and forever And he is the only answer to the ailments And the difficulties of this world The only answer Yield to him, give him your life You say I've never been saved It's perfect time He was planted on that tree for you Hey, I've been living under that shade 20 years. It's a blessing. Every once in a while, I get back out in the sun. I realize what a blessing it is to be under the shade of that tender plant. Planted for me. Sprung up. That grew up when the world thought he was dead. When the devil and the demons of hell thought he was dead. He sprung up on that hill. And he grew. And he bears fruit. And I'm just a little shoot. I, I like one of my friends, Garrett Fox. He sings the song over in Madison County and so country it sounds like pure cornbread when he's singing. I love it. Hey baby girl. I love you. That's one of my little branches. She's cheering her daddy on. I got good kids. My little boy brought me a water before I preached. God just humbled my heart. Thank you Lord. You sent me Little branches that spring off. The little boy brought me a little water. Little girls saying amen, and clapping, and cheering me on. How good is he to us? It's only under that tree that I get that blessing. And I may not live another day. I preached Wednesday night. I told him, hey, I'd just soon die behind the pulpit because everybody talks about that for 40 years. You, you always hear about a preacher dies behind a pulpit. I may not live another minute, but I thank God for the tree under which I get my fruit. The tree under which I get my shade. The tree under which other little plants are coming up. He's the only place that God promised it and he prophesied it. He said it'd be out of Israel, the high cedar. He said it'd be out of the tribe of Judah, the young twigs. He said it'd be out of the the line of David. He said he'd send a Messiah and that's the tender branch. That's where I receive rest. That's where I receive fruit. God's so good to us. He blesses us so much. I pray you'd give your life to him. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. You've fallen away. Ezekiel's telling these Israelites God's got us and you've done wrong it's easy when you're Ezekiel to look down on people he was the he was the preacher of judgment but he says although our nation has sinned and our nation has done wrong god's still sending a tender plant to save us you start looking at this world you're going to get messed up seeing how dark it is and how wicked this world is you'll get depressed christian if all you think about is how bad this world is hey it's a mess but it's always been a mess. They just ain't been on Facebook tell everybody about it. This world's a wreck. But 2,000 years ago, six, five, six, however many thousand years ago, beyond the eons of time when God existed before he spoke this world in which we live into existence, there was a tender branch and his name is Jesus Christ. And he knew there would be a high cedar that would grow, which is Israel. And he knew they would sin and they would fall under captivity. But because of his abounding love for his people, he knew that that... That cedar would grow up. And he knew that through the, the tribe of Judah and through the line of David, that there would be one that would come one day that would not just offer shade and shelter to the Jews, but would offer shade and shelter to people like you and me. That's another thing we have to understand out of verse 23 is that this Savior that will be planted on the highest peaks there in Israel, the one that we would grow up and spring from the ground after he'd already died, the one that would satisfy the law and cover our sins with his blood, would not just do that, that for the Jewish people, but would do that for the Gentile people just like you and me that there'd be some country preacher named Josh Boyd born in Western North Carolina that one day thousands of years down the road would be saved and would be called to preach the gospel, and someone just like you, thousands of years down the road and, and eons of time down the road from when God existed alone as himself uh, before he created this earth that God knew and God set up and God established the fact that we would live and he would love us and people would sin and people People would do wrong and people would fall away from him and people would turn away from him yet he would still send that tender plant to be raised up to give glory to him and to give salvation to you and me how much God loves us he loves us so much loves us so much the last thought I'm almost done I'm getting one of them old-time Baptist preachings going this morning 40 minutes baby man You know, I heard a preacher say this week, he said, people use constantly and consistently the excuse people have lost their time, uh, people have lost their uh, ability to pay attention, their their time span. Sorry, I'm listening to Isla down there. Their attention span has shortened. But he says, when a ball game goes into overtime, preaching to me. App State, North Carolina went into overtime, I was engaged We've not lost anything but our love and our hunger for God's word. And I'm not saying that just because I'm the preacher. I needed that myself. Verse 24. And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree, have exalted the low tree, have dried up the green tree, and have made the dry tree to flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it. The beautiful thing, we saw uh, the, the, the prophetical branch, the planted branch, and finally we see the prestigious branch, which is Jesus Christ. Uh, first, in, in the first part of verse uh, 24, he says that he'll be renowned among the world. Uh, it will be known that this plan that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, that people don't listen to, that people don't believe, this plan, this pro- prophesied branch that would come, that would grow up, he would be renowned among the world. People would know him and people would know that he's real and people know that he's true and people see that he is God Uh, he would be in the next part of verse 24 you'll see that he's exalted above all the world he came lowly in a manger we'll deal with that in just just a second very briefly but he came in in the most lowly form in the most lowly fashion but yet he is exalted above all men that would walk upon the earth above above all kings above, above all wealth above everything else upon this earth he's exalted above all in the world and finally you see in verse 24 for, <clears throat> that he'll grow from an unlikely place. Uh, they did not, many uh, Jews and many religious types had problems and issues believing that Jesus was the Messiah because of the place from which he came. Hey, Jesus was a country boy. Jesus was born out uh, in, a, in a feed trough, folks. He come from an unlikely place. He come from somewhere that would not be expected that a king would come from. Brother Sam and I work together, and I appreciate you th- this week. We work together on putting this little thought together, and I'll be done. Uh, if you would, would you come to the piano? Uh, we'll, we'll have a song just a moment word of uh, a moment of uh, calling to the altar if you will but brother Sam and I worked together I appreciate him Uh, we we talked back and forth this week on this thought please listen to this I believe this uh, of anything God gave me this week the story of Jesus the tender branch our God sent his only begotten son to be brought low stand with me if you will to be trodden beneath the feet of man. He became nothing, though he was everything. He was born of poverty, yet possessed great royalty. He was a babe in a borrowed manger from the throne in heaven. He lived without earthly possession but possessed divine wisdom. I like this one. He worked as a lowly carpenter, though he had framed the foundations of the heavens and the earth. He served with constant doubt cast upon him, but he performed miracles beyond man's natural comprehension. He was called a great teacher, yet is the very word himself. He came to die a death reserved for a common thief, yet he glorified his Father in his suffering. He was rejected by mankind, but favored by the Father. He is dwelling at the right hand of his Father, intercedes on behalf of sinners like you and me. Listen to this. He may be silent during times of sin and turmoil, but is only held back from rapture by the will of God himself. It just takes his father telling him, go get my children. That's all it takes. I wonder in this moment, could you in your heart this altar is open. Could you humble yourself to say, I recognize that tender branch. and I thank you for growing him up that I can receive the fruit and the shade and the benefits of something I did nothing to earn. Could you humble yourself and say, I've never come under the shade of that tree. We can find a few things in these verses. We find hope in God's sovereign control of yesterday. We serve a God that controls yesterday. Before the foundations of the earth, he knew. I can't comprehend that. I can't tell you what's going to happen in the next few hours. might think I know. We serve a God that controls yesterday, today, and forever. I challenge you to find rest under the goodly cedar that is Christ what you see is that our Savior has been exalted 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 to the highest point you may be under the shade of this world but there's one higher than you can imagine with shade that will never go away seasons and cold rot corruption will never come to that tree his shade will be there forever Yield your life to Him. Give Him your life. Whether by means of salvation or rededication. I've drifted away. I've fallen away. The answer is in this altar, in your seat. Just move towards Him. Sometimes maybe He looks so high up, I can't get to Him. But in reality... He'll take you there, where he is. He'll meet you where you are. As Brother Sam plays, this altar's open. Pray that you'd move, thanking of Christ, the tender branch. He did it all for you. You know anything about genealogy? It's almost impossible to prove who you are genealogically. To go back and look and be able to be sure that this person was your tenth great granddaddy. It's fun. We we'll keep you up late. But it's almost impossible to prove it. We serve a Savior that said, He would use a certain nation to send a Messiah. That he would use a tribe to send a Messiah. That he would use a specific bloodline to send a Messiah. And he kept track of every bit of it. And he did it. That's the type of savior we serve. That's a genealogy beyond anything I can come up with, comprehend, write down, tell you about. And it's proven. And we are blessed to be a part of it. We're so unworthy. But yet he allows us. To be a part of his genealogy. Proven, certified, blood tested. Amen. Amen.